Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco and Tad, coming off international break. But guys, we had some pretty exciting interviews going on there. We had Mike Piazza, the Hall of Famer. We got to interview him. I know Tad and I enjoyed it. Marco, did you enjoy it? (laughs) I enjoyed it. I edited it, so I I got every single bit of it. And it was just an amazing interview with a guy who just just really seems passionate about the this whole project and like the sport considering the fact that he's a baseball hall of famer yeah chris and i you know a little little bit of a childhood dream come true for us uh, chris growing up in the uh, new york metro area obviously mike piazza um is a huge part of, of, of his childhood we've, we've heard of him yeah, yeah. and uh you know mike piazza for me was a kid you know growing up he was always one of the best players in the league i was a catcher uh, you know, growing up, so my grandpa was a catcher, so I always kind of followed the catchers, and he was a, he, I was a big fan of his growing up, and then, you know, meeting him last year was super cool, and then, you know, getting him on the, the interview, uh, you know, basically call, you know, calling Mike Piazza on Skype, and then talking to him for like two hours, because we talked forever off, you know, off the air too, it's just, is it absolutely amazing, I was blown away by like his insight, and like how candid he was, you, you'd never get you know, uh, Robert Kraft to, to, to be as open as Mike was. Although we're open to that. If Mr. Kraft is listening, we're happy to have you on. Um, but yeah, just super awesome R- Robert, to talk Robert to. Robert Kraft calls it calcio. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but it was really great to talk with him. Uh, if you're looking for a team, Syria Chi, Mike Piazza's team, Rajana, they're, they're already, they had a, um, a derby win yesterday. So they played Modena. They they pulled it off. So if you're looking to jump on board with a team and, and hopefully get to Serie A, that's uh, someone to Oh, follow. you can ride that bandwagon all the way to the Serie A with, with, with Mike Piazza. Go back and listen to the interview, man. This guy's going to make it. He's mm-hmm. going to bring this team all the way up to Serie A or he's going to die trying. I mean, fierce competitor, greatest hitting catcher of all time. Pulling for Mike, absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump, guys. Uh, today we had Champions League action. So from Serie Chi, we jump all the way up to Champions League. We saw two of our favorite teams with Roma and uh, Juventus, the other, Whoa, the other team. slow down wow. there, Chris. All right. Well, I started with Roma anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I say Corp that. Of America's, yeah. I guess, favorite teams. Both in action today, and uh, it was Italy versus Spain on the club level this time. Uh, they also played in the international break. But uh, what did you guys think of today? Juve and uh, Barcelona? And then uh, we'll jump to Roma and Atletico. Tough break for Juve. Uh, I think that they played pretty well in the first half and throughout the game showed that they were still uh, a top team. But, you know, Mr. Messi, when he comes out, uh, not many teams that can stop him. And he said, this game, I'm going to take over. Two goals for him. Just had, you know, a, a stunning performance. And they they bury Juventus. They get that, uh, they get some payback from last season. Yeah, I mean, the Juventus back line, I mean, they, they, is their first true test since, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, the reorganization from last year. Um, you know, it's basically a super team. Uh, we haven't decided to step laterally forward or backwards, but the big test. But, you know, ain't no shame in that game getting getting housed by Barcelona away, especially if Messi's the one doing it to you. He's the best player in the world. Just an amazing performance from him. But Juve will bounce back and wouldn't be surprised to see these two teams not only in the second leg of this in, in Juventus Stadium or wherever the heck, Alliance, Alliance, Alliance Stadium, mm-hmm. um, you know, after that one down the road in like the quarters of the semis. Yeah, I just feel bad for Sassuolo because every time Juve loses, you know what happens next. <laughs> they got, they're going to have to get that appointment scheduled for the proctologist because they're about to get a culo blasting. <laughs> How about with uh, Roma, guys? Roma was at home at the Stadio Olimpico. They had Atletico. They managed the point. What did you think? I think that they're still picking Roma players' fingernails out of the turf at the, at the Olimpico right now. I mean, the first half, it was, you know, I mean, Roma somewhat held their own. Um, the second half really showed kind of their fitness was, was not quite there. And it, it, I was, you know, I was telling Marco before recording, I think it's the worst game that Roma has played where they didn't actually lose the game. And if it wasn't for Alisson, which 
shameless interview plug after uh, after Mike Piazza go back and listen to our interview with Allison this summer. Um, you know, this game would have been five zero. It'd have been another one of those ones where Roma fans are traveling to Spain and they're stabbing fans in the in the backside, and you know everyone's furious for the entire season. Uh, but you know, just just we we couldn't do anything. Couldn't possess the ball. Couldn't get it past half. half uh, you know, the midfield. It's it's just Roma's got to find goals. They, they they just have to do way more. Yeah, I was watching that game, and man, it was like I couldn't get my eyes off it. You know, because it's like. In the end, I, it, it was amazing that Roma was able to get the point because, you know, it, you feel like there's usually a collapse point. Um, not this time. They were able to hold on. They actually started kind of playing better uh, towards the last, like, 10 minutes and thrashing a little bit with a few uh, fresh legs coming in. And at that point, my new puppy was scratching at the door. I was like, I can't. I can't do this right now. <laughs> if you have to go, just just do it. I don't want to see it. I'll clean it up later. And uh, I mean, after the game, I look in the mirror and I'm, my eyes are redder than Bannon's on that interview this weekend. I mean, do you see that guy? Yeah. Does, Bannon, does Steve Bannon shower? <laughs> easy, easy with the politics. Um, yeah, well, I was not fortunate enough to watch this live. Uh, I had to follow it on the radio and not in Italian, in Spanish. And the way they did it, they had both games going at the same time. So like I would hear like screams for Dybala, screams for Messi, and then I would hear Alisson made a save. Totally threw me off. Uh, definitely made for an entertaining day. Uh, it's uh, multi football. Yeah, yeah exactly. but, but man of the match for Alisson, guys. I mean, uh, 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 having a Roma goalie come up big like that in their first big test, and I think as we see from Juventus's game and us going uh, through this week's games, a common theme is going to be teams' first big tests. And, you know, this was this was Allison's maybe, you know, first big test. I know we played Inter, but he came up big on this one. So uh, hopefully Roma can get it together so we don't just get embarrassed when we play in Madrid. Yep. Look, congrats to Allison. Uh, I saw on social media that he uh, had a big game. And speaking of social media, guys, I was following it on ours. We've got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all Curve America, all one word. Please follow us on there. You can also email us at fabio at curveamerica.com. You can hear the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and our friends over at AS Roma 360. They also have a tab for us. We also ask everyone when you do listen, Tad, please subscribe, rate, and comment. That's how we get found, guys. That, that helps the podcast grow. So just, just take those two seconds, man. Talk about talk about Chris's what, what's it your silky smooth voice and, and my olive oil voice and my Italian American charm <laughs> and our Fabio is a redheaded dude fellow so, fellow Italian American where would you ever find an Italian like that yeah maybe in the north all right <laughs> well while while you're uh, <laughs> and while you're tweeting at us and getting at us on Instagram do it during this week's games what games we got coming up in Europe for the Serie A teams that's right we had two Serie A teams in action today we've got Napoli rounding out Champions League action for uh, the Italians please then, Napoli please do it for us yep hoping for big things uh, Napoli shocking the world then we jump over to the other tournament uh, in uh, with Europa We've got Atalanta playing Everton. Uh, that's on Thursday. This one's going to be a little bit longer, guys. Milan is also playing on Thursday, playing Austria Vienne. And there's one more game. Give me a minute. Who do we got? Who am I missing, guys? Oh, OTFR. Where are they? I'm always forgetting OTFR. Yeah. It doesn't matter. OTFR is playing whenever they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go with the other uh, uh Serie A teams in, in Europa. I'm pumped about that Atalanta game. It's good going to gonna be good to see a Serie A team go toe-to-toe with a Premier League team. And Atalanta already has had two really tough games this year so far. So, I mean, they've tested their mettle, and, uh, you know, they've played pretty well. So, I, you know, and I also despise Everton. So, sorry. Was it Raj that's an Everton fan? Sorry, Raj. Not yeah. really. Sorry, not sorry. I'm pumped about that OTFR game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it. I'll, we'll tweet it out of when they're playing, maybe. Uh, all right, guys. Let's uh, jump into week three after the international break. We're going to do the rundown. Here we go. Not a draw to be found in the so-called boring Serie A. Dybala's cameo pushes Juve past the Ken Jump kind of high donkeys. Napoli's Ant Army goes to the picnic and walks away with a bologna sandwich. And OTFR has Milan owners canceling checks after this big summer. That's right. 
Inter staying perfect with another Riccardi goal. Fiorentina asking Verona, where art thou defense? And Torino let Benevento fans know what to expect in what is sure to be an unmagical season for the Wizards. We got it. Shameless beer pug of the week. This week it goes to a brewery in Northeast DC called Atlas Brewing Company. And we're drinking the, uh, what is this? The, the common style lager, the district common, common style lager. It was there actually their anniversary this past weekend. So hats off to, uh, to Atlas Brewing Company. Atlas, the unofficial official beer of that book of maps in your parents' glove box. Aguri. Aguri, that's right. Happy anniversary, Tad. I'm going to join you. We hope everyone settles in, enjoys the pod. All right, guys, starting off with the first five, we've got Juventus and Chievo. This one finished 3-0. Dybala shines as Juventus handled the flying donkeys. Yeah, Juventus gets off to a fast start with an own goal header from the Chievo. Uh, and in the second half, the young guns come out uh, after they play a, a, a B team the entire game. Uh, and it's Fatman and Robin making it 3-0. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it, guys? Yep, it sounds a lot like last season, and we're already in the third week, and Juventus continues. I mean, five goals for DiBala in three games, and Fat Boy G, you know who's going to get his. Just, just get, just get used to these guys. You're going to be annoyed by him by the end of it. The well, thing I noticed with DiBala too, I mean, he looks like he's having so much fun out there, which is just great because, like, all that speculation of him going to to the Spanish teams and all that, forget it. Just enjoy Torino, enjoy Juventus. Love to see it. Well, that is actually one of my big takeaways from this game. He's the golden boy now, guys. It's, it's Dybala. Last season, he was Robin. Uh, but I think we need to start calling him, uh, well, I, I was saying Spider-Man, but I think the Justice League would probably, yeah, well, he, why, don't we, why don't we throw that out to Corp Americans out there? We need, we need a new superhero uh, to, to call Dybala because he's the lead man now. With the caveat, he needs to be wearing a mask. Yeah, otherwise, you guess Superman's the low-hanging fruit on that one. Can't go Superman. Um, you know, like like you said, he's no longer playing second fiddle to Iguain. I think this team is now his team. They they threw that ten on his back, you know, and they're riding him. Um, yeah, he's but it's got to be a Justice League character. It's got to be DC Comics. Don't th- don't don't throw Thor's hammer at me or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. That's nice. That's that's throwing some some knowledge right some, there. Some it, I, I used I used to talk to mini girls when I was young, yeah. looking that's, peering at them over the top of my comic books. That's fifth grade knowledge right there. Definitely yep. pre beard. Yep. No, I was, yeah, I was born with this beard. <laughs> Dybala doing great things, but I think also too, Marco, right? I mean, Juve coming out with just their B team here. What do you think? Is that just going to, if we had just the B team, would that run the table on Syria? I'll tell you what, when you said B team, it sounded a little sarcastic. I don't know if the rest of the pod caught that. Um, but yeah, what the is. J- their JV, yeah. What is Juve's B team? I mean, they come out, they still have Douglas Costa on the field, they have Iguain out there. Uh, I mean, at this point, you know, you was playing Kievo before Barca, and I think Serie A fans can really scratch their head thinking, you know, does this team have enough mediocrity to start a team of non-superstar? You know what I mean? Like, for once, can you put out somebody that I'm like, who is that? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, I, we were saying that last year with, like, their, their B and C team. You're just like, why would you go here? You're a, you're a stud. You would be a starter on so many teams in Europe. You want to go to Juventus. I don't understand why you don't want to play more. Well, look at this team. They, they Kenny Chesney brings his sexy tractor um, and starts in goal. Asamoa, Rugani, Benatia, Licksteiner, Stuaro, Pjanic, Matuidi, Manzuka, Chiguain, Costa. And they bring on Bernadeschi, Dybala, uh, uh, Bentanker, um, and then qua- leave Quadrado on the bench. But that's starting 11 right there. That's starting 11 to make Champions League for sure. Well, yeah. Where would they? Where would that B team end up? Do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, they're a top. That's a top four team in the Serie A. Right top there. three finish. Top three finish. Unbelievable. Well, you know, I guess it backfired. They got beat by Barca today. I mean, they got the three points uh, this weekend. So, look, 
Juventus, we know where they're going to be. It's always the same story. And uh, quite frankly, getting a little sick of it. So really happy that this Serie A has, has the parity this year. So 3-0, ain't no shame in that game in Barcelona. Everybody in their dog, Madrid gets waxed out by Barcelona every once in a while. So they can keep their heads up high. I mean, they still get to play them at home. And as we know about Juventus, they, they don't lose at home. Third takeaway of this game, guys. Old lady playing against the old man. And there it is again. Kievo it showing up in a pile of dust. Uh, Sorrentino, 38 years old. Sergio Pelice, 38 years old. Even Walter Birsa, guys. That's Walter with a V. Is 31. I mean, this team is ancient. We're talking about, you know... So Sorrentino's picking up his dentures after that second goal that they gave up. It's like yeah, it's I was worried he broke his hip when he fell down. Chris, who's older, Kievo's team or time itself? It's a good question. You got uh, Roberto Inglese there to to keep it down in into uh, before common era, I guess. Yeah, well, he's a Napoli player, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, hoping uh, that maybe Kievo can. Uh, I don't know. Do something. Get get Na- something. Napoli versus Chievo. What, what's what's a bigger exponentiator? Napoli's height or Chievo's age? All right. On to the next one, guys. We've got Sampdoria and Roma. You guys excited? We're going to cover our favorite team. Sorry, can't do it. Game gets postponed due to bad weather, uh, considering people's safety. But there are a few storylines that we do want to mention you got to start with Schick, right? He's coming back in this one. If they played it, he'd be playing at Sampdoria, his old team. All the hype gets built up. And, of course, like uh, the day before the game, Schick is injured. He can't play. <laughs> yeah, this, this Atletico game was kind of like, the, like, the, like the, the, the T and the BLT of a, of a turd sandwich for Roma fans. First of all, after the international break, we don't get a game to watch. Licking our chops, really waiting to see that that new toy come out and, and Schick and have him destroy his old team. Oh wait, Schick has some ailment, has some quad some quadricep ailment. And what was this- the name of it? It was something scientific. Yeah, right. But it was like the fanciest way you could say his his thigh is bruised. Where's yeah. Sid? Yeah. Where's Sid when you need him? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no game. Schick's injured. And now they they squeak one out against uh, 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 squeak out a point against Atletico. Man, I cannot wait for Ellis Verona to get to town next week so I can have something to be excited about with a Roma fan. Because why wouldn't we spend forty million dollars yeah. on a twenty one year old phenom that's Im- immediately hurt? Best forty million dollars we've ever spent for sure. And just Roma being Roma, man, can't say it better than that. How about to the other side? We were going up to Genoa there, and uh, Sampdoria is the team that plays there, but they've got a crazy owner in Ferrero. He was looking forward to playing Roma too, after giving his star player to Roma. Uh, just an interesting guy. What do you guys think of Ferrero up there? Well, I mean, he's, he's nuts. More on him you know, in future podcasts. But, uh, yeah, maybe he's a little clairvoyant here. Maybe he saw that... That that we were down. I mean, doesn't doesn't Sampdoria have more points than us uh, at this at point? At the moment, so, yeah. right? Yeah, he, exactly. He, he did say after. So the heavy favorites. He said, "I'm sad that we didn't play uh, Roma. We would have won." It's yeah. like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, Ferrero. <laughs> that's that's definitely that's definitely a, an easy position to take in a game that was never played. Oh yeah, we would have won this totally. Yeah. The other storyline, guys, I just want to bring up today because it happened again. We, we mentioned this in the Inter game. It happened uh, in the Champions League game with Roma wearing all black suits today. I had to think of Diego Simeone on the Atletico sideline. And so EDF maybe playing some mind games here. Just, uh, hey, we're Italian. We're going to wear the, the black Armanis. Well, I was, when I was actually watching this game, they showed Simeone from like, the, like the like the the three quarter behind angle, and I was like, "Whoa, EDF isn't wearing his glasses." So I think that would be a huge compliment to EDF at this point. And he switched black glasses out for the for the tortoise shell. Saw that. So, so EDF in the capital trying to bring the ruckus. Next, there he's going to be go. putting highlights in his hair. There you go. That is just the most Italian thing ever. I love it. I love the fact that that's going on. Two two more things about this guy game, guys. Now that I think about it, is is one. Monolos, you ever notice at the end of the game, like that displeased look on his face? I mean, he, he looks like a like a toddler that has to go to the bathroom, but he's nervous he won't make it. Um, great goal line clearance. And Allison, man, I just can't say enough about this. How bad we were. It, it just looked like Rome was like putting Allison through like fraternity hazing or something like that. Like, we're not going to play any D. You're going to stand there, and you're going to drink that goldfish. Yeah. Took it like a beast, though. 
No, Allison for sure. That came through loud and clear on the radio that he had a great game. So this one will get made up, I think, in December. So we'll come back to it then. Christmas will come early. That's right. That's right. And so we got a game in hand. So I think for Roma, that's going to be good as well. Jumping forward, guys, we've got Inter. They are playing Spal, and they won 2-0 in this one. A great weekend to be an Inter fan with Inter taking down Mighty Spal in front of an electric crowd and the Crosstown rivals getting OTFR'd as well. Is that foreshadowing in that? Yes. Why not? It was not a bad game out of Spall, guys. The giant killers themselves. Uh, but they run into an Inter team that is rolling off two impressive wins. And then Icardi, who was just on fire, got called to that national team. Didn't play great. Uh, but then in this one, scores his fifth of the season from the spot. And then, guys, Perisic, the guy we've been talking about all summer. He scores an absolute bomb from outside the box. And How did that go in? Unbelievable. It was incredible. Incredible. Absolutely great shot. Definitely a goal of the week candidate. But, guys, the first big takeaway of this game is, is the Sancito or Giuseppe Meazza, whatever you want to call it, is back. I mean, it's been a couple seasons. Things have been a little bit high and low for these two teams. But 60,000-plus people coming to watch the Spal game. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, and those San Siro tickets aren't cheap either. So, I mean, people are hyped about this team. Spall brings a crowd, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an anomaly, though, because uh, I'm pretty sure this, this stadium is still um, owned by the city. Uh, I mean, the two teams share it. So, it's just it's, it's interesting because we're constantly talking about teams needing to, to modernize. But here's one stadium in Italy through the years that is just a great soccer stadium. And it's huge. Yeah, this one's the exception of the rule, though, and I think that one of these teams, you know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna behoove them. It's going to behoove them to go get their own stadium. We saw an article this week that Juventus is ripping forty million a year off their stadium, up like it's, it's like times four what they were making before. So basically, their they, their ticket sales buy them a Patrick Schick every year. So I mean, you, you got to think these owners are looking at this team. Maybe Milan's checkbook is a little thin these days, but uh, they, they got to be looking and wanting in on that revenue. How interesting would that be if the Milan team start fighting over the ownership and the revenue stream with that? If they try to buy the team, because we know I think Sampdoria is trying to buy their stadium from the city. I got one of my games out in Cagliari. Uh, they're they're talking about building a new stadium. Obviously, Roma. So stadiums continue to make their way into the storylines in, here. Inter and Milan having a having a, a revenue fight here. That's going to be like Clint Eastwood versus John Wayne. High noon, baby. That's, that would be awesome. Yep. How about uh, turning to Inter's key key stud here uh, with Icardi, the captain of the ship, Perisic, uh, the right hand man, or or his uh, first mate. Yeah, Perisic, the first mate. Yeah, guys. I mean, with that goal of the week candidate, maybe Perisic is uh, vice captain of the ship because, I mean, he spanks that ball. We just talked about it. It goes U9, and he had a hell of a game, too. I don't know. I like the idea since uh, Icardi has the big lion on his chest. We're talking about Icardi is Aslan and Perisic is Mr. Thomas. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, yeah, Icardi is the man... He's the face of the team right now, right? I mean, he's not only the captain, had that crazy thing happen with the fans last year in the book. Uh, and then this year, it's just a redemption year. And I think it's credit to Spalletti already. It's only three games. Uh, but we all knew that the one thing this team's needed over the last couple of years is for a coach to wrangle these superstars and make them play on the same page. Well, I mean, more on that, Icardi... Yeah, Spalletti's apparently got a little bit more work to do because I saw on the news today that uh, the Ultras issued a, issued a thing not chanting Cardi's name, hmm. and he put out a video on Instagram of everyone chanting his name. So may, maybe five goals in three games got him edging a little bit over the line. I mean, it, it do Spalletti some good to rope him back in. We're going to be relieving that whole thing. Well, to that point, man, I mean, it just seems like Inter is the team this year that everybody's talking about you and Napoli being the favorites. I personally think that Inter is the sneaky favorite uh, of the league this year. Uh, the team that you know everybody is expecting to win every game, uh, except maybe against Napoli and Juve, but just like has the squad. I mean, listen to the front six here, guys. It's mouthwatering. You got a bomber who is a diva in Icardi. You got a young Italian superstar who is 
Gagliardini. Everybody loves Gagliardini. Two skillful wingers. You know, we just talked about Perisic and incredible crossing from from Candreva. A cool and calm, collected bald man with a fresh beard, and that is our man Borja, right? And then the bulldog playmaker hybrid in João Mario, who is incredible for Portugal, and he's the number 10. I mean, you got to love this team. They're super exciting to watch right now. And everyone also, don't forget, is hype and scrinier like crazy. I mean, even uh, uh, Borriello managed to, in the postgame, you know, come out of his pit of naked writhing men, women, and uh, and and whatever a spall is, and uh, and and say that Skriniar's a beast. He's he's one of the strongest players ever been with. So that's high praise coming from the from another bomber. And unlike uh, crosstown rivals with Milan, they beat Roma already, right? So they've already kind of answered some some big tests for the season. Definitely, guys. Uh, Spall. Speaking of which. Um, I really think they, they, they have the opportunity with the strike force they have in Paloski, uh, Boriello, and Antenucci, a.k.a. the Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Take a look at these guys. I mean, if Boriello's not the one walking around saying Arrivederci to everyone, it's got to be Paloski. Buongiorno. Hitting him with the buongiorno. <laughs> and I mean, this, these guys are, are, you know, they have goals in them. They have Paloski is is a runner. He kind of has the same format uh, as a Immobile, just work rate and uh, and good finishing. And Antenucci too. You know, he holds his own. And speaking of which, I mean, he's got a he's got a insane beard. I mean, he looks like that that uh, the guy the. Uh, the the wildling with the red the the yeah. redheaded wildling yeah, in Game of Thrones. That that's he's at that level with that beard. <laughs> Either that or he's the bear spall. <laughs> But yeah, guys, I mean, I think Spot is still really exciting to watch and uh, I, surely a team that this podcast is, is standing behind throughout the, at least the beginning of the season. Absolutely. Just a tough test with Inter, but a good game. Hoping for big things with Inter getting back into the top four. This derby is going to be nice. Yeah, it's going to be loud for sure. Let's go across town, guys. We've got the game of the week in OTFR, the other team from Rome playing Milan. This one finished 4-1 in OTFR's favor. OTFR bringing high-flying Milan back down to earth after the international break. The game got delayed for an hour uh, in Rome, so there were some people making excuses with that. But you jump to the, the, around the 45-minute mark, that's where it was crucial. Immobile just went off for OTFR here. 38th minute, he's got a PK. 42nd minute, he's got another goal. And then uh, 48th as well. And that makes a hat trick. The second goal is a goal of the week candidate, although after seeing Perisic's man, I, I got to concede, Inter, Inter's probably going to win that one this, this uh, week. And then uh, Chiro also providing assist on it. So that was it. I mean, Montalivo got one back from Milan, but that was the game, guys. Chiro Mobile, just a stud here. As far as Milan being the story, though, just this was their first big test, and everyone's been excited for them since Donnarumma signed and they started spending money. Milan is back. Here we go. Here's the first test. Ah, wait a minute, guys. We need some time to gel. We need this is unrealistic if we're just going to jump out. And uh, I don't know. My takeaway was that they're kind of starting to act like Jorge Salcedo and Narcos. Decent family man. Also happens to be running the security for the cartel. So... Yeah, he's a good man, but once difficult situations occur, it's a little tough to live up to that claim. Also, not a boss yet. Sorry, Milan. So what do you guys think for Milan kind of falling back to earth here? Well, I mean, I think there is something to the, the, the gel thing, but I mean, this is, this is Milan talking out of both sides of their mouth because they'd be the first people to go TFR in your face if they had, a, if they had a, you know, won this one in the Stadio Olimpico. Instead, you know, they just get bent straight over and this game is over fast and has everyone scrambling so it's just it fits all these narratives that you want it to fit that you know everyone wants to be like oh the, the house of cards is crumbling for milan Montella's going to get fired right pretty soon which i think he will you know they're not going to make champions league and you're going to sell the team off on the other hand milan's going like hey it's, you know it's just one game here's an interesting point of view i was talking to uh, i was at a party a couple weekends ago and uh, this was right before the international break. Uh, I was talking to a guy who was from Milan, and I was like, "Hey, so what do you think about Milan? Right, two hundred million? Like you guys are like back up at the top right now." And he was like, 200 million, but like really, like who do we buy?" 
Like, think about it. If you think about it, they, yes, they brought in a bunch of stars. A lot of them were super young, but they didn't bring in, uh, they didn't bring in Neymar. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't bring in a mega star. And so, I well, think. I mean, Banucci is yeah. a mega star. Sure, he's a mega star. Um, but again, I think, like, at the end of the year, the, at the end of the transfer window, they wanted to get that Bellotti or that Obama Yang. You know what I mean? It didn't happen. So, you know, like, you still have a young team. Granted, these players are very good. Uh, yes, you have Bonucci's leadership back there, but now he's playing in a different formation back there, right? He was used to the three in the back, uh, maybe a little bit of the four in the back at the end of last season with uh, Allegri. But, you know, it's time. This they're going to need time to gel. Uh, the young players need to learn the system, and maybe the answer is that Montella gets the boot in a little while. I think this is where we're going to see the addition of Banucci be the big addition because if there's one guy that's going to keep a level head under high expectations, it's Banucci. I mean, remember two seasons ago when Juventus, like after. It started off terribly, and like after a few weeks, they weren't even in the top half of the table, and they ripped off that huge streak. Like you know, Bonucci's the type of guy that um, you know knows how to win, and so I think that 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 is going to be invaluable when you're bringing along people like uh, uh, Andre Silva, who is you know surprisingly almost nowhere to be found, Cutrone, Suso. Um, <clears throat> Frank Kessie, Conte, who also didn't make an appearance in this game. Kalinic. I mean, they just got so many weapons. I think they're going to lean on Banucci, and he's going to be able to, to, to pull them through. And, and they're, they're still so... I mean, it's the third game of the season. There's still so much in contention for top four. Milan's $7.5 million man out of a $250 million team leading this charge of, we lost our focus, but it's unrealistic uh, thinking that we would be working perfectly in the third game. So... Hey, if that's your top earner saying that, I guess that's the story of the team right now. Um, Catrone. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome, though, if he was like, all is lost! Yeah. All is lost! It would like, make an interesting storyline for sure. Comes out with like a reverse mohawk in the post, post-game interview, like eating a, a, a handful of raw meat, just, just completely lost his mind. Yeah. One shoe on. To uh, the other team, guys, with OTFR, Immobile, hat trick, and a uh, little hat tip here to BT Sport, Chiro the Hero. Uh, he is definitely the face of OTFR this season. He's got firm footing with the team, and he's definitely making a run for Capo Canonieri already, I'd say, leading up to Italy's, hopefully, if they make the World Cup in 2018. Uh, and he's not shy about it. I mean, he understands he's a striker, and that's how he gets measured, how many goals he scores. And they still have... Felipe, um, Felipe Anderson, who hasn't really shown up at all this season yet. They got Nani coming up. I mean, they, this team has multiple Savage. weapons. Yeah, they got multiple weapons. Um, but right now, Immobile, man, he wants that. He's, he's hungry. He's hungry for sure. Yeah, I mean, what a great season this is going to be for this Capo Catanieri race with Icardi, Dybala, uh, Bellotti, um, Chiri Immobile. Like, this is going to be a high-goal-scoring season. OTFR man, they they whipped some Kulo here this week, but don't don't forget that they also started off the season kind of slow. They're an up and down team. They need to see some consistency. That's that's what I thought, right? With Milan, like this is OTFR that drew Spall, so this wasn't like this was a big test, but not the test. So uh, and it's good to catch a team before they, you know, gel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, guys, let's go to Atalanta and Sassuolo. This is finishing 2-1 in Atalanta's favor. Atalanta finally get three with goals from two huge dudes named Andrea. One is some Danish dude you've never heard of, and the other is the underperforming Italian Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, we got Andrea Cornelius, and actually I think he's Andreas Cornelius, so I'm going to fudge a little bit there. And then Andrea Patania, the Italian Hermes Hemingway. You know... Atalanta getting the win comma going into get you know, get into the win column going into the Europa League, um, which actually they'll play at the the MyPay Stadium, so they should get used to uh, uh, Sassuolo Stadium. And they you know funny enough they played a majority of their starters, which I thought was really surprising considering a team that's that's not that deep. Um, but you know it's it's Bergamo man pouring rain 
but the crowd is bumping. You got to think right now in Bergamo, you know, that's Atlanta fans who, you know, crush cars with tanks and go absolutely ham all the time. They're probably shotgunning beers, twisting them off with their eye sockets and stuff like that. You know, pushing old ladies down flights of stairs, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Um, you just got to think it's a great time to be at Atlanta fan. I would love to go to a game there. They're a little bit off the beaten path up there in northern Italy, but that would be awesome. Every single game we've watched in the highlights, their fans are going crazy. I, yeah, I think they're collectively, they are, uh, they are the Serie A sweethearts this year. We want them to do well in Europa League. And honestly, we want them to do well in the league as well. We like the depth in the league. Yeah. Although, poor choice switching from, uh, would they go from Nike to Joma yeah. on the kits? Yeah. Bro. Bro, how are you going to come back to the farm once you've seen Carl Hungus, man? you got to keep those Atalanta kits. Is it Joma or Homa? Either one. It's yeah. not Nike. <laughs> <laughs> My big takeaways from this game, guys, I mean, Atalanta wins 2-1. They control the game. Um, they come on top. But, you know, Papu Gomez, man, this guy's like Pennywise a dancing clown to Serie A defenders. He's just haunting people's dreams. And he just runs circles around people. Again, another amazing performance where he could have scored a couple of goals, had an assist. The dude is just an absolute stud in top form right now. I mean, he's looking like Messi every week. He's got to be the most underrated player in the Serie A. Um, and we get our, for me, a goal of the week candidate is, uh, is the Danish guy, Andreas Cornelius, or as I like to call him, the six foot four D- Danish Jesse Plemons. You have to explain who that is to the, to the fans out here. Well, all the fans out here know Jesse Plemons. He's a major Hollywood star. I mean, he's been in such great shows. He played Landry um, in, in Friday Night Lights, and they had a hilarious back and forth with him where Coach kept on calling him Lance because he didn't actually, he didn't really know his name. <laughs> but he was, he was the adorable dweeby kid who Lance Tyra Corlett played by one of the smoking hot girls that's in Friday Night Lights. He's in Breaking Bad. He's the, the meth-cooking guy who's not afraid to kill toddlers driving you know, motorcycles. The guy's everywhere, Fokker. He's in Fargo. He put on weight for that one. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst's his husband. How dare you say? You, don't know. you, want, you, want, to know who, you want to know who Jesse Plemons is, Marco? Yeah. He's Andreas Cornelius of the Serie A. <laughs> it's definitely worth a Google. Uh, I, I looked him up, man. I yeah. thought he was one of the Bash Brothers from the Mighty Ducks. He's, yeah. like, he's, he's definitely Opie looking. He's like, he looks like he used to be. A, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a child star. I don't know, Wikipedia, that stuff. Um, but, you know, he has a, has a goal. He has an absolute rip. Jesse Plemons, the face of Serie A. Jesse Plemons, man. <laughs> Let me tell you about it, man. He's, 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 an, under, he's an underappreciated and underrated actor. Um, for, for Cesar, well, the big takeaway for this game for me though, guys, is they got one goal so far this season. Stefano Sensi scores a goal in this game, third game of the season, they have one goal and their strike force is Gallo Sporco, Falcinelli and Berardi. Where are these guys, man? What, what do you think's up with them? I mean, we were talking about Berardi before the season being the, the, the next answer after Mares for Roma. Really excited about him. Uh, let's give him a couple games to gel with Il Gallo Sporco. You know, that dirty rooster, it's hard to tame. And uh, Berardi, once he gets that left foot warmed up, I think he can uh, produce some magic. The question is, does he have the team around him after, you know, a lot of kind of key pieces have been getting plucked, you know, from, from Roma. Yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels between them and Roma and Fiorentina and Inter because a lot of players went from one team to the other, uh... The only thing difference is Fiorentina. They picked up a few uh, 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 strikers as well. So it just Sassuolo just strikes me as just like they're not really looking to do big things. It just seems like there's a lull in Sassuolo. I mean, they got a, They own their own stadium. They got a wealthy owner. There was Cinderella two years ago, and now they're just holding on. I mean, even uh, Squinzy, their owner, came out and said that. Berardi's, he thinks it's worth worth more than $40 million. Dude's going to have to get that left stroke going viral again. You know, next week, Sassuolo, they're not going to turn around. They got a waxing appointment. They just got their ticket. Yeah, they, just, they, they got the ticket to the waxing appointment. They play Juventus. And Atalanta, I mean, after this game, John Piero Gasparini, who I like to call Mulligan now, um, said after the win that the season starts now. So never mind those first two games we lost. It, it starts now after we beat beat Sassuolo 2-1, to one, and they're going to go play play Chievo so I don't know how you like that out of your coach being like yeah, yeah those, those first two games yeah they didn't happen preseason now 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 we're starting to play yeah all right we'll take it all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna jump to the rest of the league
right, we're back with Bologna and Napoli. This one finished 0-3. Pepper, the podcasting pug, gets treated to a plate of bolognese. And Napoli devour Bologna. That's right, guys. This game was dominated from minute one. And honestly, Napoli didn't have its best performance. Uh, just had the total possession, much many more chances. Uh, but it's not till the second half that Callejon, Mertens, and Zielinski bury three past Mirante and they bag the same amount of points. Um, in the Midwest, we call Zielinski, Zielinski. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the king of auto parts. He's Dan Aykroyd from Tommy Boy. And yep. he had a goal this 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 uh, this game. So impressive man all around, uh, man of many talents. Uh, guys, co- I sell auto parts to the modern working man because that's who I am. <laughs> the biggest takeaways from this game are one that honestly Insigne just much more effective for the Partenope than the national team. Uh, he is an officer of the Ant Army when uh, Hamsik is definitely the captain. And he's just a Napoli homebody, so maybe that's what why he's just feeling it all the time. Just incredible pass to uh, to Callejon on his goal, and that's all he does. He just drops dimes when he plays for Napoli. And then you see him play for, for Italy, and you know they give him the number 10. He's just... I wanted more. I wanted more against Spain. Yeah, but I think Ventura, as we all saw from that game, was a little bit in over, in over his head. You know, he swung for the fences with that formation and struck out. I still think that Insigne is the best player on the on the national team at the moment, and uh, we sh- we should expect more big things from him in the World Cup. Definitely, guys. Just like a successful ant colony, though, you know, the brunt of the work is spread evenly throughout this team. Uh, Napoli just you, you can't get over how they they have the incredible tiki-taki type passing game they pass 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 and they will take your picnic away they'll snap it right under your nose um already we've seen that it you know in front of the net all front four they're scoring Milik scoring coming off the bench uh Zielinski scoring i mean 75 percent of their goals have come from open play and counterattacks. so it just tells you how the team plays and they distribute the the wealth they're fun yeah. to watch yeah, when the ball goes the other way in the counter tap, everyone's like, "Here we go!" It's like an and light and one highlight reel. You just wait for like Chris Paul to lay it up for DeAndre Jordan, just just slam it home. That's right, guys. I mean, and again, it's it's that extra pass. Uh, the team play is just really essential for this team. I think it's gonna lead them to win uh, that group in 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 Champions League. I know that's kind of a crazy speculative uh, announcement to come out of nowhere, but I think they're gonna. <laughs> They're going to do really well like against other teams that aren't as compact as teams in, in the city. Yeah. But after three weeks, like we, you know, this could all be blown to pieces if they you know, lay an egg in the, in the Champions League first round and everyone has their you know, way too early overreaction. But don't you feel like they're kind of like the Golden State Warriors? Don't you feel like, this, like the winter transfer window, they're like a Kevin Durant away from just being a dynasty by just how just they're just cutting through everybody? They're just they're fun. They're exciting to watch, like Golden State. I'd say that every single time I watch the highlights for Napoli, I'm waiting for big, like fireworks. Tad, a question for you: For uh, you're you're a comic guru now, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Who's he with? DC Comics? No, no, he's a Marvel guy. He's Marvel. All right. Can we start the project now for getting Insigne into the next Ant Man movie with Paul Rudd? No, no, no. Jackarini's in it. Jackarini's yeah, already. Yeah, they have in to it. kick him off. He's already <laughs> signed on. He's been he's been doing actually. Jacarini in real life is actually six foot nine and three hundred and twenty five pounds. He's just been method acting for his entire soccer <laughs> yeah. career be, to be Ant Man. All right. Well, Curve Americans, you're on notice. Let's get a Nap- Napolitan in the next Ant Man movie. Guys, I was just talking about my second favorite team in in Serie A. Second favorite city, guys. I can't say it enough. Bologna. Oh no. That's right. Here I was. I lived there go. for four years. Yeah, sure you know. did. Did Marca. you guys know that? Yes. Sure you did. Well, for the for the people who are just tuning what, in, what, what part of Potomac is Bologna? Since we have <laughs> new, since we have new listeners every week by the thousands, I need everybody to know that Bologna is my second favorite team in Serie A. I love the team, and like guys, you know, while Bologna might actually be a little bit baloney on the field, 
Uh, it's no wonder players like Di Francesco and Verdi have stayed. I mean, it's just a beautiful, historical, rich city. I mean, I live there. And, <laughs> I mean, awesome food. Uh, and it's very, you know, kind of small and quaint but impressive city center. So let's not sleep on the Rosso Blue. I actually thought they had a couple great moments, especially Verdi, uh, who gets the hashtag, hashtag slick back of the week. Did we see that hair? Greasy, gotta love it. Yeah, man, he's looking like Ben McAdoo for the Giants on the sideline <laughs> with that grease back. Went full bore on the uh, grease on Sunday night, looking like he belongs to my people. It's it's starting to wear on him uh, playing in New Jersey. I mean, guys, what's he, that Astro Glide? He <laughs> almost had a, a nasty free kick, and he had a couple really good moments. But guys, just don't sleep on Rosso Blue. Not only are they my second favorite uh, city and team, and I live there, uh, <laughs> but next week they play against Fiorentina. So cook up some pasta with ragu sauce. Kip up the feet guys life is good if you're in Bologna you know more on this hashtag slick back of the week I'm glad you brought this in here I was when I was watching the OTFR Milan game I was watching when I was watching the game I was like everybody has my haircut and the same haircut everybody has the the high and tight with the with the slick back like they sh- they showed uh, what's the Albanian goalkeeper for OTFR Skrikosha or whatever the, who cares handsomest man in the Serie A next to Marco Borriello, I'm going to say that. And uh, Gigi Donnarumma, they have the exact same haircut. So we're going to have a lot of slick backs of the week going on, not to mention Gallo Sporco. That's right. Got to love Serie A. All right, guys. There we got uh, Napoli, so hoping big things for them in Champions League. We'll keep rolling here with Benevento and Torino. This one finished 1-0. The Bulls of Torino... Uh, take it to Benevento with a devastating 1-0 win in the last 40 seconds of the game. Newly pr- promoted team here has no luck in this one, guys. Both teams had some chances, but it was just a late breakdown in defense, allowing for Torino's Iago Falque running onto the ball, pounds it home, Torino takes away three points. How do they let him score that goal? I Just 40 how seconds, do they not have? How do they not have half the stands standing in for half the people in the stand standing in front of the goal at that point i mean he got free on a break and turned and knocked it in yeah it was uh, definitely soul crushing and the coaches afterwards that's kind of the story with this one uh they really gave it to him so torino's mihalovic will start there his quotes i mean he's really describing how he's eager to build on last season this game he felt quote benevento did not deserve to lose this one we could have lost this game last season but he feels like this season's going to be different, end quote. The, my favorite quote for him this week was the, on the, goalie keep, the goalkeeper stuff. So Sirigu, the new Torino coach, after Joey Bagadonas went back to England after last year. The, <laughs> Mihalovic's quote here, We signed him to save what's savable, end of quote, which has to be the greatest goalkeeper quote ever. I mean, what else would you sign a goalkeeper for? What, what, we got to give an award to this one. What are we calling this one? Hashtag obvious things coaches say, and Mihalovic just seems to have a ton are, are of Are we those. calling this a Bilicek or something yeah. like that? We're, we'll work on this one. I'm also maybe a subtle dig there at Joey Bag of Donuts too, right? We signed him <laughs> to save what's savable because Joey couldn't do that last yeah, year. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Mihalovic. He, he's, if he's going to throw his own coaches into the ground and step on the back of their heads, he's definitely going to take a swipe at Joey Bag of Donuts for being awful at the end of last year. Yep. Torino, uh, they feel like this year, as opposed to last year, they can win ugly. And uh, that's something they could, they're hoping to build on. If they play like that, for me, guys, Torino becomes the city incarnate in this one. They're gritty, they're determined, but there's some beauty there once you remove some of the industrial dust. So Torino really representing the northern city that they play in, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice city, not as beautiful as Bologna. Uh, but, you know, definitely this this is a team that, uh, you know, for the last couple seasons has kind of riding on the on the back of, of Bellotti. A lot of, lot of news and, and rumors of him going out over the summer. Huge buyout clause with his name. So if, he, if they don't do something this season, I, I'm worried for them in the next couple seasons because I think Bellotti is going to be out for sure. How about for Benevento? Their head coach, Marco Baroni, one of my favorites for this season. This defeat hurt more than the others because the only thing that we got wrong was the final ball. Tad, you're right, man. Just those 40 seconds. If you could get those back, you're walking away with your first point of the season. I prefer points to compliments, he said. We played with intensity, but that's not enough. We only have one gear. We're running at teams, and that's not right. 
So for Benevento, I think after hearing Marco Baroni describe them, they're a team very much in search of themselves. They only have one gear. That's not going to cut it in the Serie A. My only positive thing for them is just their beautiful uniforms. Yeah, they, and they're the, called the Wizards. Yes. Uh, they have one gear and zero points. So uh, let's get it together. Izardi. Guys, on that note, guys, I haven't done this in a little while, but it's the Italian word of the week, guys. I know, super excited. Uh, it is stregoni, and that is wizards. You know, you just said it yourself. The funny part about it is they seem to have a witch on their on their uh, on their little um, their crest on their crest. Yes, yeah. it's, what's the, what's the English word for that one? Italian word of the week, boy. A crest. A crest. <laughs> that's right, and it's a witch, which would be a strega. So interesting that they have a strega on there, unless that's just a dude with long hair and maybe it's female Gan- features. Maybe a Gandalf has shaved <laughs> and shows his delicate features. It's Hermione playing Quidditch. <laughs> Let's go with that for sure. But I love the fact that they're not red blue. Benevento. They may not stay up, but hey, I love their uniforms. Love it. How about guys? The next one we've got is Verona and Fiorentina. This one finished zero five in Fiorentina's favor. Fiorentina sees red, and Elas gets smashed in front of their home fans. Yeah, guys, uh, this game is just downhill biking for Fiorentina. Five goals from five different players, including the new boy, HDCT, guys. How is this guy the PK taker after coming right, you know, right off the bat? Does that, like, who had to step down? Well, I saw that uh, Pozzo at Udinese said that they, they dealt him to Fiorentina because of his insufferable attitude. So maybe he just, I don't know, maybe he's just conscientiously objected uh, uh, Udinese and came over to Fiorentina and, and, you know, they rewarded him with this by allowing him to take PKs. Part of the contract. Hey, that's looking like they uh, just saw the movie It before stepping on the field, guys. I mean, they were just dumbstruck and uh, they go home with some smooth behinds. Red, not only red balloons popping up, red jerseys up in Fiorentina. How that's about that? Right. Well, speaking of jerseys, might as well just touch upon the only be- the only plus side for being a Hellas Verona fan, uh, who just seems to be haunted by the ghost of Cassano, not only the It movie. Uh, they got that super crispy jersey. We love that blue, that royal blue with the yellow. Um, and, you know, first three games, one point, a measly tie against Crotone. That's all I got to say about Elas. Let's talk about Fiorentina, though, because uh, really, w- w- you don't know what you're going to get when you when you got Fiorentina right now. You know, at the beginning of the season, especially with the transfer market, it looked like they were a little bit decimated, and they start off the season kind of playing weak. It seems to be that whatever jersey they're rocking is is their mood on the day. And so here we go. Uh, they're wearing white against Inter. They play decent, but ultimately wave that white flag. They lose 3 nothing in the second game. They play like a bunch of pansies, and they're wearing purple. So it's unfortunately, that's their main color. Uh, but they lose against Sampdoria, 2-1. Really, that's when you start going, oh, the, you know, Fiorentina looks to be in trouble this season. But here they come out with their red rocket, red jerseys, bloodthirsty. They see red, and they just absolutely pound at Las Verona. Is this all a big coincidence, Tad? No, I think it's divine. I mean, with the Regers, they blast one so hard, flew all the way to Colombia and hit the Pope in the eye and knocked him down. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do when they wear green? That's that's yeah. that's the big question there. That's, I, I looked at that. That's actually my colors where I lived in Florence. I'd be on Team Green up there. Really good, interesting stuff. I mean, this this is a, a, a team that has a core uh, in the attack of su- of super young players. I mean, between Simeone, Benassi, Vereto, and and uh, the superstar Federico Chiesa. Guys, I'm deeming this guy the altar boy. I mean, you just can't do wrong, and he is just the absolute shining star uh he's pristine for for this fiorentina team his dad played for fiorentina he's the young player that everybody loves and uh really in the first uh since the first blow of the whistle he seemed to be one of the better players on the team simeone gets a goal in two minutes guys so again a lot of a lot of positives coming out of this game obviously they beat elas five nothing but is Fiorentina, you know, could they be surprise, surprise Champions League team this year? No. No. It certainly helps to bring HDCT on, but uh, I think that's a little premature. Their best players play for Inter. 
what if they wear red the rest of the season? <laughs> well, then we're talking about something different. <laughs> then, then, they, then they might take one point in, uh, in the second best city in, in, in Italy, in Bologna. That's a right. A place that Marco not only has never lived, he's never even been to. <laughs> okay, guys. Up next, we're going to jump to Richard Whittle's The Danger Zone. Boop, 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 boop. The, the danger zone. zone. All right. Zone. zone. My oh, yeah, favorite, yeah, yeah, my yeah, beloved yeah. Crotone, playing Cagliari in this one. This one finished one nothing in Cagliari's favor. Cagliari christens their new temporary stadium with a one nothing win over Crouton Nation. Marco Sau getting on the on the score sheet. Hey Chris. Yeah. The danger zone. Enjoy it. Sau, Sau, Sau. What did that highlight guys say? Sau, Sau. Oh yeah. First of all. If you d- don't get a chance, check out on our Twitter. I posted to it this just butchered English commentary as to Ma- Marco Sao's goal. It's hilarious. All right. Take it away, Chris. No problem, man. Sardinia's local homegrown kid, Marco Sao, the Sardinian, scored in the 33rd on a chip shot over Cortones Cordaz for a breakaway flag. Stayed down on that one, but it looked offside to me. I don't know about you guys. But definitely Crouton Nations with me. That was offsides and it should have been a 0-0 draw here. That wasn't the case. Cortas, the unsullied. Yeah. Wild haircut. Just terrible. I mean, I th- we'll talk about the uniforms in a minute, but Cordaz is just killing Crotone's look with his haircut. Cor- Cordaz looks like uh, like an android in a dystopian future. I mean, yeah. he's, he looks terrible with that. But he looks like... He looks like a, a henchman for Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man yeah, or something exactly, like that. exactly. Tell you what, though, the saves he makes, he could very well be an android. He, he was good. He really did play well. But the big stories in this one, guys, we've got Cagliari putting up a new stadium that also just happens to be temporary. It's built over Boreal's Pit of Sensual Pleasures. <laughs> now that he's at Spa, the official name of this new temporary stadium is Sardinia Arena. But I'm going to call it for the rest of the season Calgary Sensual Stadium <laughs> so we can remember Borealis. Free massage time. oils uh, upon entrance. Exactly. I mean, they put up a temporary stadium and sold out 16,000, and they're going to put up a new one in two years. I mean, are they just are they just looking, spitting on us as Roma fans right now? <laughs> exactly, man. This took three months to build. Three months. That is an Italian record for stadiums that will never be beaten. Three months to put up anything. It's That's like incredible. light speed in Italy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Marco. This is a temporary stadium. It holds, I guess, 16,000 people. Are you guys buying something that you can go sit out in the parking lot and uh, watch the game? You buying this ticket? I don't know, man. Three months, Italy. I mean, the Italians have high craftsmanship. Yeah. But there's got to, you know, they must be in, importing wood screws, you know, from Madagascar or something that's really keeping costs down. I'm super impressed. Uh, I'm still looking to find out who owns this stadium, but uh, that, that still ties into this whole storyline we've got going with who owns their stadiums. But I thought it was pretty cool that Cagliari's building for the future. The small little island out uh, west of the boot, and uh, they're building a really... When they open this 2021, man, it looks really cool from the designs. So awesome uh, for them. We're all 16,000 people, Borrello's illegitimate children. <laughs> no comments. Be careful out there, Spall. All right, Mr. Rastelli, taking open auditions as well, guys, because the Cagliari Capo Cannonieri race is on with with Borriello being gone. And if this is like American Idol, his comments last week, right? I'm happy with the running around. And that was it. Uh, Not exactly acting like Simon Cowell here, really being judgmental on who's good and who's not. Um, The season starts now. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) We got a 1-0 win against Loli Crotone, Marco Sal gets it, but I, there's no winner here, right? I mean, there's no clear favorites of, of who it's going to be. Pavoletti's a, a hopeful candidate, I'd say, on, on loan from Napoli. Uh, him and his pot-bellied pig named Moo, or Mo, Mo, I don't even know, but he's got a pot-bellied pig desperately looking for photos for that. So <laughs> any, any podcast paisani out there with Pavoletti connections, please send us pictures of Mo. Diego Farias was kind of interesting last year, and... Uh... You know, I think that that Cagliari is just like you said. They got they got to keep searching. You know, they're gonna have to dig deep. And uh, Marco Sao, he's a veteran, yeah, but he can't he can't carry that team the same way that that Mister Boriello did. Nicola Barella, <laughs> mark my words. All right, I say who Cagliari? Who is Cagliari right now? 
I think it's a bigger existential question than Paris Hilton asking on Twitter, what's on your mind? <laughs> we'll see, Calgary. We want to we wanna be impressed. On to Crouton Nation, guys. We've got Coach Davide Nicola sitting atop Mount Olympus and his team Zeus Ware looking a little bit more like Hades, just down in the dumps. Last year, staying up in Serie A on the last day. Really excited about that, guys, but it looks like it's, it's not going to build momentum this year, which I was really honestly hoping for. I thought Crotone kind of found their stride late in the season last year, and they would ride right into this season uh, like that. It's just going to be another white-knuckle ride again for them. Are you kidding me, Chris? These these guys, the season hasn't started for them yet. Next yeah. week, the season starts. This Crotone is and will remain the next big thing in the Serie A. That's right. That's right. Just wait. Dynasty begins now. Just wait till they bring in Gallo Sparco in the in the January transfer window. <laughs> so long as they're in Serie A, I'll take it. But uh, their big highlight for me, they got new uniforms here, all whites. And so I'm doubling down on the Crouton Challenge. If Crotone stays up, I will buy this white jersey again at the end of the season. Gauntlet thrown! Yep. All right, so there we go. Let's finish it off, guys. Week three, the final game is Udinese and Genoa. This one finished 1-0. Welcome to this week's Serie A Thunderdome. 22 men enter and only 20 men leave. 22 men enter, 20 men leave. 22 men enter, 20 men leave. Get two red cards in this. That's I was, bad. That's what I was hoping for, yeah. that we didn't have any deaths in this one. Yeah, no, they, they, yeah, they... <laughs> <laughs> they, they get picked off by a sniper right on the field. <laughs> Disgruntled Genoa, Genoa fans. Um, yeah, the VAR rears its ugly head and uh, uh, actually sends off Bert, uh, Bertolacci for a studs-up tackle. This is what I love about the entrance of VAR guys. He, the, he clearly goes in and studs-up, tackles a guy, and takes out his legs, and they catch it on VAR, and they go and they send him off. And he's like, ma perché? Like he's just—it's—it's unbelievable. It's unfathomable to happen. Like, is—is there another thing in the world where you can show somebody video evidence of them doing it right there, and they're like, it's like they're like shaggy, like it wasn't me. Like, I—I can't. I don't understand this mindset. Like the reference though, wasn't me. That's that's our time. She got me on the counter. (laughs) Wasn't me. I was up to Shaga. That used to be my pretty good. That's what you—that's what you did on the tours. Practice in the mirror back in high school. Yeah, so anyways, and then the ref Fabio uh, Maresca gives a red to Udinese's Perezzella, the old-fashioned way, just straight red. Perezzella just basically went up to Omegonga's legs, and he's like, your legs must die, and they must die now, and just completely takes him out, gets a red, got 10 on 10. But the whole game is, is Jake the Snake Jankdo, that's the only goal. Basically, after an Udinese game of hacky sack, where Principal Strickland hacks one against the crossbar and he catch one, hacks it in. Boy, aren't they glad they kept Jake the Snake, man. They lose HCCT, they lose uh, Duvan Zabata. Um, you know, I think uh, maybe Pe- Perica is going to be uh, an interesting player this, this year. We'll see. He's pretty young. Uh, but Jake the Snake definitely had a good season last well, year. Well, they have Kevin Lasagna, and that's yes. really all you need. Enough said. And Kevin Lasagna wasn't again wasn't bad in this game. He's he's hungry for some goals. He could he could hit a stride. But you're absolutely right, Marco. Jake the Snake Jankto is one of my one of my big takeaways from this game. He needs to start selling tickets for the hype train. I mean, he was great passing, great runs, and great shooting this game. I mean, he wants to be the next rising check star to fail a Juventus medical. Um, he's definitely getting shaving products from shallow, uh, fellow Czech star Schick, who I like to now call the Katordishi, um, because this guy's, this guy's cheeks are so smooth, they look like Mini-Me's butt cheeks and, and gold member. I mean, Udinese, my other takeaway is they bounce back from embarrassing losses to the Donks and Spall and show that not all, Sir, not all the Syria bottom-feedings teams, uh, Genoa included, are, are going to you know, be able to just swim by and take chunks out of them. So they finally get on the board with three points and leapfrog Genoa, who only have one, which gets to my last takeaway of this game, guys. Outside of Perrin, you know, in Perrin, he needs to see a doctor to find out how to combat early onset trench foot. This guy is going to be, <laughs> he's going to be hunkered down this season. You know, Genoa's bad, man. Genoa? Do you mean, oh, you mean OTF Oh, yeah, Genoa. OTF Genoa, the other team from Genoa. Um you know, Genoa looked like OTF Genoa looked like Pepper the Podcasting Pug playing ice hockey and roller skates out there. I mean, they were just it was it was pouring. I get it. 
Um, I would start a rumor that their coach Ivan Yurich is about to get fired, but I even think their fans would probably be confused as to who he is. They probably think he's another young Czech star. Um, you know, it's it's all well and good that that the Griffone can you know beat Benevento at home in Benevento's second Serie A game ever, but mark it, dude. Genoa, OTF Genoa, they're getting stretched out and they're walking to the starters blocks in hashtag Curve America's race to relegation. Guys, after last year and after three weeks this season, how's OTF Genoa looking to you guys? Oh man, they're going to need all the help they can get. And that's from the fans too. In fact, I think they got a new fan this week. Uh, Bryce Harper from the Washington Nationals <laughs> repping those Laxalt cornrows. Spring break. I mean, you know, they got Lapadula in, in the in the transfer window. He expected a little bit more out of him because he had a great season last season with, with Milan. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, that they they need some of their players to 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 rise up and uh just they're gonna have to hunker down because Genoa just all last season was just in free fall. Somehow didn't get relegated, uh, probably because of that huge buffer they had uh, from the relegation zone. Almost got there because uh, the game because the season's only thirty eight weeks exactly. long. That's why they didn't get relegated. And it's it, you know again they need to turn around. Uh, OTF Genoa, man. Maybe they just need a big win against Sampdoria, the real team from Genoa. <laughs> Well, they almost they almost started off with uh, with their giant killing waves from last year when they went up two zero on Juventus, but then you know they just, it just took them a little bit while to book their tickets to the waxing salon in that game. All right, guys, that's week three in the books. Well done. Up next for week four, which we don't have an inter- international break, so I'm already looking forward to it. Not there's no obvious ones, but I did want to point out to you guys Napoli and Benevento. We've got a, a small derby, it seems like, uh, with this one. So one that not many people would know about because Benevento is a small team, but uh, they're playing each other this weekend. So check that out. Uh, I'm sure the YouTube clips uh, are going to be awesome for that one. So I'm definitely looking forward to Torino uh, uh, Sampdoria. Sampdoria started off the season pretty good. Torino, seeing if they're going to grit their way into uh, that miracle season that would be. I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Guys, game of the week, Fiorentina against Balakni. <laughs> and uh, I think that Simone Verdi has got a point to prove here. No, seriously, Fiorentina, let's see if they can keep the momentum. Um, seems like they're improving this season, and Bologna is another a uh, good team to to be playing at the moment for them. Bologna is just hoping that the game goes so well that Mattia Destro can't keep a shirt on. Exactly, as always. All right, so we're looking forward to that. We'll be back next week. Until that time, ragazzi, diciamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao.